0: Hello friends, my name is Brenna. And I'm Danny. And, and this is LaGo Stories. Stories. Today's episode contains graphic information that some listeners may find disturbing. Listener's discretion is advised. Welcome back Lagos friends and happy Halloween. Today we're celebrating one of our favorite days of the year by bringing you all a Halloween bonus episode. Our first dual episode actually. And Danny, how are you going to celebrate this year? Any fun plans tonight? So we'll actually just be out and about trying to get trick-or-treaters to come to our
1: house. Uh, We kind of are the awkward block that no one wants to walk all the way up oh. so we had one trick-or-treater this year we're hoping for a handful this year so fingers crossed
0: oh no it's popping at my house So y'all yeah. just oh, really? have to come yeah. pass out your candy over there just press up the dogs and come sit at your yeah house. we're gonna pass out candy and last year I forgot the dog treats I'm not gonna forget the dog oh, treats yeah. this year there was a lot of dogs so I felt so bad um and maybe bring out the fog machine too get Ooh, a little crazy on a Monday night there, yeah. yeah and we usually do have a pretty good turnout so I'm interested to see what everyone will dress up like tonight. That's my favorite part. Yeah, so I'm going to say popular costumes are Encanto and Top Gun Maverick costumes. What do you think?
1: Oh, so Encanto was one of mine, too. Yeah? But I think Moana's always a fan fave as well. Oh, yeah. Or Spider-Man. All the little spider (laughs) Man. Freaking Frozen.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Frozen and Spider-Man for the itty-boodies. Definitely. Well, today for my part, at least, I'm going to tell you about the origins of trick-or-treating. Why do we actually dress up in costume and collect candies from strangers' doors? Where did it start and who started it? and a brief recap of what is believed to be the beginning of halloween was an ancient celtic pagan festival called sawin where they would celebrate the end of harvest and preparation for the upcoming winter and winter back then for them was known as like quote the dark half of the year end quote they believed that the dead could reappear on october 31st as the worlds between the living worlds and the spiritual world overlapped Because of this belief, they dressed up in costume to disguise themselves to assist in warning off the spirits that walked among them. So that explains the costume part, which I think a good majority of Americans knew already, but why the candy? There's actually a lot of debate on where that began, but there's three main theories as to when that started. The first theory is that during Samhain, the Celtics would leave food out for the spirits that would come in the night as an appeasement to them. Over time, people began to dress up as spirits in exchange for the offerings. Second theory is that it stemmed from the Scottish practice of guising, which was a common practice in the Middle Ages where children and poor adults would go door-to-door and collect food and money from the locals in exchange for prayers on All Souls Day. Over time, the children would sing songs, tell jokes, and other tricks, rather than exchanging prayers. And if you're unfamiliar with All Souls Day like I was, this is a Christian, mainly Roman Catholic, practice held on November 2nd that commemorates the dead with a day of prayer. The third theory is that it stems from a German-American tradition called bell And I've never heard of anything like this before, but it's a fun one. Bell-snickling is a tradition where children would dress up in costume and then appear before family and neighbors to see if they could determine the identity of the child. In one version of the practice, the children were rewarded with sweets or food if no one could guess their identity.
1: Oh, I love this game! I'm now thinking I'm of like ways. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm thinking of
0: ways we could like put this into a party and see. That would be a good party. Yeah, that's
1: so cute.
0: Yeah. Now, as to the phrase of trick or treat, where did that come from? Well, again, no one really knows, but we do know that the phrase was commonly used in the U.S. in the 1950s. In 1951, Trigger Treating was depicted in a Peanuts comic strip, and in 1952, Disney produced a cartoon named Trigger Treat, which featured Donald Duck and his three nephews, Louie, Dewey, and Huey. And I must say, I really want to watch that cartoon because the movie poster looks adorable. So I'm going to be watching that tonight on my Parents Disney Plus subscription. <laughs> That's so cute.
1: I always forget about the little ducklings, like, or his cousins or whatever
0: they are, yeah. his names. They just grab me up. <laughs> yeah. They're so cute, too, yeah, so the little. Cute. And so out of those three theories, which do you think would be your pick?
1: So based off a lot of my kind of background of my topic is really similar so I'm going to probably guess the second theory with the Scottish practice because that kind of overlaps with mine in the middle ages of Mm. kind of that stuff so
0: yeah I think it's a combination of all three and we don't like actually know (laughs) I think that it's still out and I don't think they're doing much research on trying to find the origins either. It's just uh-huh. kind of like it is what it is. Um, it's, I know it's a big part of the United States tradition for Halloween. Not every country um, does Halloween at all. Yeah. Which is kind of sad now that my parents live overseas. You know, the first year I was like, oh, what do they do for Halloween? Thinking like, oh, like send me all the Halloween <laughs> stuff back. They're like, no, they don't do Halloween. Yeah.
1: What? It's pretty crazy. As I was doing this, it was fun to kind of dive into something a little different. But I also had an extreme appreciation of something that's such a fun practice that has been taken and manipulated over time. Because I agree, it's probably a a mix of all three of these things. But it's really cool to think us as humans have, we're so sacred about something that we've continued it over time and just developed
0: in. Yeah, and it's gonna be a part of, you know, future generations, no doubt about it, especially now that it's so commercialized, Mm -hmm. you know, like, it's not going anywhere, but, and I'm, again, still undecided on which theory it all comes from, combination of, you know, it all changes, but any of them seem like they could be viable options. Regardless of the origins, Halloween wouldn't be the same without trick-or-treating each year. And I'm looking forward to tonight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going
1: to give a little history on jack o lanterns and where they started and kind of how they came about. Although this is a cherished American tradition, this actually traced back to the origin of Ireland, England, and Scotland. It goes back over a thousand years to possibly pre-Christian era, which I thought was really interesting that it would travel back that far. Yeah, But... The idea originally took, during a Celtic festival, Samhain, which Brenna just briefly talked to you guys about in her portion about trick-or-treating. So I'll kind of skip over the details, but the gist of what this festival was, was they celebrated actually on November 1st, and the inspiration behind it was very similar to what a modern-day Halloween would be. And then, but on the eve of San Juan, on October 31st, they would actually become one with the living and the dead. But people would ward off unwanted spirits by dressing up in costume and carving scary faces into rooted vegetables, such as beets, potatoes, and turnips. And I wanted to see if you noticed the similarity to these vegetables, to. Pumpkins, which I thought was really interesting, especially like potatoes, because you could yeah kind of carve those out. I mean, even the shape of like turnips and beets, very similar too.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would guess are they pretty easy to grow? Yeah, so a lot of these would be from surplus of harvest as well. Okay, so yeah, they, they were like leftover, yeah, leftover
1: yeah. of what they had to kind of carve these faces and make these these styles.
0: That is weird that it wouldn't be like hollow though, like a potato. Yeah, so really- they. The original
1: oh, no. one was like the carvings on the outside, so the mm. potato is the hole, and you just like see so could have put, in put in a there, light in it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So then we start to wonder where did the light come from? Metal lanterns at the time were very expensive, and people like to use this to also ward off those spirits and unwanted energies from them. So they started to actually carve out the vegetables and stick lights in them so they can shine through to ward them off as well with the scary faces and i will say these parties were quite creepy when i was looking at the photos i was definitely like ew
0: really (laughs) like you would definitely yeah it would would ward ward me me off
1: (laughs) living or dead for sure It was very different from the designs and, you know, the extravagant... The kitty cat (laughs) jack-o'-lanterns, which is my specialty. (laughs) extravagance designs that we have today. But I just love the idea of where this, like, came from and how it started of kind of mixing cultures and kind of having a celebrated tradition for them. So now where do we get the name? In 17th century Britain, people who referred to others they didn't know, they referred to them as Jack and then the word jack-o'-lantern was born. As this tradition from the festival continued on during this time, they would say that their jack-o'-lantern was warding off that unwanted stranger spirit. Mm. Jack of the lantern or jack-o'-lantern was coined the term in multiple countries, which I find fascinating that the same term with slightly different backgrounds came across from so many different cultures. It is believed that it came from the children's tale that stated something similar along the lines of Jack was a soul that was trapped between two worlds, and if you behave like him, you would ultimately face the same fate. Oh,
0: <laughs> a little creepy, scary. Yeah. yeah,
1: but I just think that's so interesting. Uh, I mean, the original term they they're saying that it came from this seventeenth century term, but it's interesting because this didn't just come from one place. They're talking about an origin that came across from Ireland, England, and Scotland. But they all were calling it the same thing or something very similar in their languages, which was very cool to me. Yeah. So, how did this come to America? Since jack-o'-lantern had already made its wave in the New World, this tradition just seemed to make sense. And how would you guess that people originally thought of this or heard about it?
0: Of the, how did like Americans hear Mm -hmm. about jack-o'-lanterns? I have no idea. So it was actually through books and media. Really? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess I would have thought, like, yeah, word of mouth or something
1: like that. Isn't that interesting, though? That is. So it was dated that the first pumpkin jack-o'-lantern was actually in 1867. Now, the pumpkin craze actually came from a book as well, and all things that pushed pumpkin. This all started from the story The Legend of Sleepy Hollow from 1820. (sighs) And when it was republished in 1858, the pumpkin craze became a culture in America. Which I am just blown away by something as, like, reading a book can inspire an entire group of people to want to do this.
0: I can see that though especially if it's like a smaller population right Mm -hmm. like it catches on quick but when you get into like a good book and I haven't read The Legend of Sleepy Hollow I've seen the movie yeah (laughs) but um when you're reading a really good book and you just you kind of like get immersed into it Mm -hmm. and for me at least a good book is way better than any movie because like you're in it. Yeah. So I can kind of see how they you would can be like, of like make entranced, your own movie yeah. In it. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I after I read this, I was wondering if all
1: crazy things pumpkin like lattes and breads is rooted from this spearheading Very of this well book could be. And how something like that could impact an entire country it's still like my it's my blank yeah team. but also the large influx of irish immigrants in the 19th and 20th century would just propel the jack-o'-lantern and the pumpkin jack-o'-lantern into a solidified tradition as i mentioned before The Irish also carried on this form of the jack-o'-lantern as well, so it's just something that they brought with them that was already embedded in the American tradition, so it's just something that continued. This would propel the jack-o'-lantern to become the most iconic image in all of American Halloween celebrations. But this tradition would serve more than a decor. It transitioned its symbol to becoming more of a welcoming and community symbol for all. Which I thought was really sweet because, you know, yeah. you think about that and like people put it out on their porches. It's something you do as like a family or community tradition. Because I never, I, I guess, thought of it that way. But yeah. when you think about going to Pumpkin Patches, it's like local towns and, you know, getting people together to do something fun, take cute pictures. So Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's really sweet. You carve them with family and friends. Yeah, that is
0: very nice. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And if you think this tradition was fading, in 2008 the Department of Agriculture reported over 1 billion pumpkins harvested for Halloween.
0: Oh, I can believe it. <laughs> I can believe when I it. I knew it was a lot, but a billion? Well, and pumpkins are easier to grow. They're like watermelons. Yeah. They'll just keep going and going and going so as long as you have like enough land, And you know, like the knowledge on how to grow them, it would be pretty easy. And yeah, like my husband wants his own pumpkin patch. Oh, my goal in life, too. Aww. So, he wants his own pumpkin patch. So, I can see, especially for people like us who are like, give me all the pumpkins. Wow. <laughs> if
1: he does that, I want to take a hayride. Oh, for sure. I,
0: I, once he told me that a couple months ago, I was already, like, planning. I'm like, okay, we're going to have this and this and this. We're going to have, like, the corn maze. going to have, like, the vegan food trucks. There you go. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Me and Brenna are both hardcore plant moms as well. Yes. <laughs> so, all things
1: plants. My husband. Every time I go somewhere, he's like, You better not come home with another (laughs) brother. And I always do. Yes, (laughs) you have to. They need a home. Yeah, but that would be so fun. I love that idea. Yeah. Just to solidify this popularity, the tradition of the jack o' lantern did not slow down, even with the pandemic. The pumpkin patches proceeded on with obviously precautionary measures, but it was it was reported that the pumpkin cells did not slow down during COVID. They adapted to allow people to still enjoy this long time celebrated tradition during a time of uncertainty, which I thought was really sweet. Yeah, like that being able really to nice. do something that has been so long standing in our culture to be able to adapt with everything that was going Because, I mean, the pumpkins were still growing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Look, well, that and still- like pumpkin patches are outdoors so you mm-hmm. kind of have more of a security there you didn't have to invite family and friends over like you could do it at home yeah. carving pumpkins it's not like Christmas that first year of 2020 was kind of like iffy like, yeah I don't know but like Halloween was like heck yeah like, yeah we're still going to talk <laughs> yeah that's so true
1: but that is everything I had on jack o I know I learned a few things that I would have never thought of i mean even just like the traditions of how things start is just fascinating to me especially even thinking about how long this has been going on yeah is crazy in it's almost like a sort of a form yeah, yeah i mean
0: there's always life and death so you know people are always going to to make an event out of it yeah it's so true but with that that'll conclude our first dual episode let us know your thoughts on Instagram and Facebook at Logo Stories. And while you're there, don't forget to follow us if you haven't already. Also, let me know your Halloween costumes this year. You oh, can tag yes. us or- <laughs> post Dude. pictures. Yes. And if you have a key suggestion, please reach out through our website at lagostories.com. All of today's source material will be linked in the description box below. We'll be back with a new episode in a couple weeks, but until then, stay safe out there. It's a weird world, and happy Halloween. Yay! <laughs> Thank you to Alexander Nakarada for allowing us to use his sound nightmare for our theme music.